We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. No pleasantries, no nothing, none of the BS. When I give you a rundown, you know what you're here for. You know what this show is about. If you clicked it, you know what's going down. We're recording this right after WWE's Money in the Bank. And the first thing to talk about, first thing. Big E is Mr. Money in the Bank. Let me grab my drink. I am drinking in celebration. Cheers to him. Cheers to you by proximity, old man. Cheers to all of us. Shit's about to get real. And it's not going to be a failed cash-in either. Big E is going to be WWE champion at some point in this next year. Shit's wild. Man, I got so many text messages. I thought I won the motherfucking money in the bank. Um, <laughs> I'm a Photoshop you on top of Big E's body. Just grab the suitcase. <laughs> you were the briefcase. As everybody knows, like I've said time and time again, I didn't want to know the finish to this match. When I knew he was in it, I told him, don't tell me the finish. I don't want to know. I need to watch this clean. And I've watched, I watched the clean just like everybody else. And my guy won the Money in the Bank ladder match. And it's very few times in life where you have something where you see somebody that you know really well, talk to just about every single day, and they get that kind of moment. And then even for a minute there, like, I got goosebumps. I got a little more. I was like, oh, shit, my man, my boy done fucking did it. And that crowd pop, the crowd pop was crazy. That was insane. And just seeing, like, I mean, he's had his moment. He finally had his moment. And yeah, it felt good. Now, you know, we're uh, as we're recording, we are texting and we're joking about some shit that we can't talk to you guys about. But uh, <laughs> just <laughs> how this all came together. And I like I'm trying to find out when he knew and when he found out. And, you know, but there's just certain things I don't want to know. And that match. And I didn't just love the match. As we talk about the show, and we talk about the match itself. Before he won, that match was incredible. It was the perfect car crash of a match. It was a sprint was, from start to finish. Yeah. Booked to a T, played to everybody's strengths. Phenomenal match in itself. But, yeah, man, that's a cherry on top. My boy has missed the money in the bank. Like, that's incredible. 
Mr. Long overdue. Money in the bank. The crowd chanting E E E. Did the little shimmy roll. It was like, yeah, man, this is this is how it should have been. I wanted it at the Rumble because I thought the crowd would pop for him. They popped for him tonight. Like the crowd was super hot. Like from the start of the night, from the pre-show. We saw that in AEW yeah. too, though. I thought that was like going to be an AEW exclusive thing, you know, because their crowds are always crazy and nuts. No, people have been waiting for pro wrestling to come back. Yeah, I mean, the crowd was hot. This was a hot crowd. I mean, SmackDown's crowd was hot, which was one of their better shows, which we can kind of touch on before we get into Money in the Bank. But no, it felt no, like we'll talk, we'll talk about all that shit later. It's a celebration to start. Hold on, I'm almost <laughs> a drink through. Yeah, I got like a quarter of my drink left. We got to talk about the celebration aspects. One, if y'all don't think we're going to be out in these streets, SummerSlam week and weekend, y'all are mistaken. This shit is not happening in Vegas without us being everywhere. This is a perfect storm, perfect scenario. I mean, GCW will have a show. Um, We'll probably get an FSW show. There's three FSW shows. Three FSW. We are everywhere. You're going to see me, as promised, drunk and probably shirtless, depending if my wife will let me be shirtless. I, I don't know. She wants me to start this diet. If I lose any type of weight between now and then, you're catching me shirtless. Let me grab. I, I can't wait. I might grow some chest hair. It's going to be a celebration, man. I can't wait. Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. I'm looking, I'm looking for tickets right now. I'm buying super cheap tickets because I got to bounce like an hour or two into it. But I'm going to be in the building. If people are tailgating, let me know where to grab a plate. If you are drinking, buy me a drink. You know, I, I take free drinks. I'm not above that yet. I can't wait for that weekend, man. If y'all are here, chill with us, partake in some urban loitering. We will be people watching because Spence and Pacquiao are here that same weekend. People are going to be acting a fool. You will catch us at a bar laughing at random ass people. That don't know how to handle Vegas, ah, oh, it's gonna be marvelous. I can't Dre. This uh, is our time. Don't cash in on a bet that weekend either. So uh yeah, I might. First things first, I didn't know you had the option to grow chess here. I didn't know there was something you could just say that you're gonna do when it's gonna happen. Um I mean, it, it's kind of like my beard, which you still don't recognize as a beard. No, I don't, but I have a beard. It's not long and, and gray in places. Or, so you or say, fluffy, you, but I have so a beard say. on my face. My nah. cheeks have fur, fur. but without the <laughs> fur, uh, it keeps my face warm. But with my chest hair, I figure it's the same process. If I just shave it now and then shave it a week from now and then shave it like three weeks from now, by the time SummerSlam rolls around, I'll have like a little bit of chest hair. All right. I just got to get two chains. I'll be out there looking like fucking Razor Ramon. On the strip, I'm acting a fool. That's enough. That too, uh, if you're shirtless, just wandering around, you won't be with me, buddy. Uh, you can <laughs> you, you can hang out by even, yourself. I'm even sorry. if I'm not with you, I think last show and last weekend proved everyone would be like, Kel, where's Andreas? So you're gonna be embarrassed <laughs> just off of reputation. I don't go anywhere without people asking me about you. So if I'm shirtless, they're gonna be like, This motherfucker's a fool. Yeah, they'll be like, where's Andreas? And you can tell him, well, I didn't wear a shirt, so he declined. Um, <laughs> he, re- he refuses to be around me without a shirt on. Yeah, that I'm good. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, that week, if anybody's out in Vegas, you can kind of know where to find us. It's going to be a week because 
yeah, for those of you who come out here, it's like, I'm going to SummerSlam or I'm going to Spence Pacquiao. That's all you're doing, right? I mean, you might do other shit. For us, it's fight week, which means this is starting probably Wednesday, you know, grand arrivals, you know, Pacquiao interviews, Spence interviews, et cetera, et cetera. That's going on. Obviously, we'll have the podcast. I don't know if we'll be doing this on location somewhere. There's something we got to discuss because it's a busy ass week now. Uh, you have the weigh-ins on Friday. FSW has three shows that weekend, one of them being the GCW show, which will be earlier on Saturday. Who knows what else everybody else is going to do? It's August. It'll be hot as balls out here. But yes, we will be out in the streets. Oh, if, impromptu corner live show? It's just, possible. I mean, so we just pop know. up somewhere, take over. Listen, it yeah. it might it might be a thing. It, I don't know. So happen. many, so many possibilities. Maybe some guests. It, it's a big week. We know a lot of people now. You know more people than me, but we know a lot of people collectively in this wrestling world. Yeah. Just people come through. We have a good time. That, that sounds like it might have to be a plan. It's Vegas. This is us. People know us. Everyone's hitting us up on Twitter saying they're coming into town. It's, man, it's going to be great. Fingers crossed for a big E cash in. But uh, if yeah. not, it's cool. I mean, he's not a heel, so he probably won't cash in just on some random shit. But could you imagine if the rumors are true? We can talk about this real quick because the juices are flowing within me. Um, shout out to this gin and tonic. Could you imagine if, for any reason, the Goldberg rumors are true, he comes back on Raw Monday, it's him, Lashley, at SummerSlam, and Goldberg wins? Do you know how much we're going to play that Big E snippet? A oh. big, meaty man bumping meat? It's his oh. dream match. I know. And that's that's what actually that's funny thing is that's what we're texting about right now because he doesn't know, right? Like he's he hears rumors just like we do. Like that's one thing that people assume in pro wrestling is that everybody knows everything that's going on. They don't. When Lesnar came to cash in money in the bank, uh what was it when he won money in the bank? What was that two years ago? Yep. And he was doing the boom box. Yeah, that they kayfabe that shit. Talent did not know until the day of the match. That, that Lesnar was coming back. Nobody knew. I've talked to multiple. They were like, we had no idea. And I thought I was being played not until I talked to more people. I was like, dude, we didn't know. People like Lesnar and Goldberg, they don't tell us that shit. That's like none of our business. So Goldberg could absolutely come back because that's what the dirt sheets are saying. That's what the rumors are saying. And the joke that we have right now is I'm like, yo, if Goldberg comes back, why don't you just cash in your briefcase? Fuck a title match. Just get your match with Goldberg. And <laughs> it's and, bigger and, than the belt dog he's he's so excited at the idea of having this match with goldberg where they he doesn't really have to do shit where he just feels like he could just do big power moves and you know goldberg will run out of gas in seven minutes and the match is over it's spamming a short night finishes. just stabbing <laughs> finishes <That's Yeah>. it. <laughs> you know it's, it's wwe 2k when you just when you turn the dial all the way up and you can accumulate finishers at a ridiculous pace and then you just use them that's that match and that's all that match would be because you know what, what's goldberg gonna do really but that's what he wants that's the match that he wants. Just he because wants. the absurdity of it all, <laughs> he knows. Yeah. It's a big, meaty man bumping meat. That's all. <laughs> Yo, the possibility of that has me in tears. But no, I mean, it was a good show from top to bottom. I feel like I can't wait for that weekend. This was a, I mean, 
the crowd helps a lot, right? But it's one of the best WWE shows they've had since the pandemic started. Yeah, now, this was a um, this was a good show. I, I will still say it was very uneven. There was some. There really? was some. Yeah, it started off slow. It started off not good. I like the constant build over than the up down, up down, up down, and they gave us like the okay, this is not great. This isn't great. Whoa, okay, it's getting better. Okay, shit. And then it just took off. Yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was good. It wasn't their best. The crowd definitely helped. Um, but it was, it was a good, it closed well. There were just a few matches where, you know, I said this before, they underestimate what their fans want. And they gave us, they gave matches that they thought the fans would understand, but fans were like, mm, I ain't buying this shit. So it was like some of the matches just didn't go over well with the crowd. Some, a certain tag team in particular, the Viking Raiders, they've tried to push them, but they have never positioned them properly. And the fans didn't give a fuck about the Viking Raiders at all. Not in the slightest. And AJ was the star of that match. He's supposed to be a heel. Mm. It was, it was, there was some really strange look and we'll get to like some of the other matches as well, but. That match was like a wet fart. That match sucked. Um, the women's money in the bank ladder match, not good <laughs> at all. <laughs> that was not Neither good. of us expected that to be very good, though. But so it's dog, not like we're surprised by but that. But it was it was worse than I thought it would be. All right. Like, I before, thought it wasn't gonna be I was before like, we yeah, dive straight into that, because that was the opener. Give me your overall grade. Then we'll hit the break, come back and break down the matches one by one. All right, you know how I do this. I usually give a grade and say, as we talk to it, I might change it. Right now, it's a B show. It's it's a B, solid B. Damn. I might change as I discuss it. Yeah, it's it's not an A show. Oh, like, I even the main event mm, wasn't that good. It was good. Wasn't that good? I'm giving it a solid A minus. Again, we'll talk. This we'll happened talk in our preview of the show, in which I came in super hype on last episode, and you talked me down, and I left like. Just super downshotted melancholy. So you lowered my expectations, and then I watched, and then it heightened. Like it, that helped. The lowered expectation helped me feel great <laughs> the show. after you just completely yeah. just chopped everything down last week. And I was like, ah, oh, damn. I thought this was gonna be good. So uh, no, I mean that that probably helped me a long way. I'll give it an A minus for now. Let's hit the break. When we come back, we'll break down all the matches straight through. So I feel like maybe we go in reverse order again. Kind of like oh, we, we can we can go we can go in reverse. So you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, the NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. I got a fresh drink. Shout out to the wife. She's just having the drinks on deck today. So, yeah, like I said, it's a celebration. Big E is Mr. Money in the Bank. But, Dre, we got to start with the main event. Since we're going in reverse order, we are going Roman Reigns versus Edge. Clocked in at a smooth 33 minutes and 10 seconds. 
It was a little long in the tooth. It was a it was slow a burn. Yeah, it was it was a little long. Um, it was the, I guess the diet version. And I say diet, and I mean this in a nice way of an Okada match headlining a New Japan show, where it's it's a slower build. It builds to the end. Um, may not be as good as your best Okada, your really good Okada matches. Yeah. But the length was there. It was a long show. It was, you know, Roman was dominant early. Edge got his moments in. And then it closed strong. Great so I thought it was. A, yeah, it was a storytelling match. It was big on character development and storytelling. It was not like your this is an amazing wrestling match, which like if anybody watched Slammiversary this weekend, you had a couple of those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good wrestling match. Yes. Some brutal wrestling matches. This yeah. wasn't necessarily that, but that doesn't make it a bad match. This makes it makes it still a good match. Roman's really good at this storytelling element. And mo- most importantly, he's done such a good job being a heel that he convinces fans to say, fuck it. I'm just going to boo him. It's hard. They still were split. <laughs> they still were split because he's so good at being a heel. But he does enough that you're like, all right, it's okay to not like him. And the Heyman angle helps. There's that one spot in this match. Roman goes to the outside. Heyman's like, you're di- he's disrespecting your family. Show him what Sika would do. And I was like, yo, it's so succinct and so precise, but it means everything. And Roman just goes to work. This was, Roman's really good at this shit. I've seen people tweet he's the best wrestler in the world. No, he's not. He's a really good wrestler. Not the best in the world. But in terms of character is concerned, there okay. are few that are touching the Roman Reigns character right now. But the in-ring, there are definitely better wrestlers bell to bell, but there are very few that are telling stories like Roman Reigns is right now. That's what I was going to ask you. Is he the best character in the world right now? Yeah, right, right now, I would say Roman Reigns is the best character wrestler in the business. I don't okay. think anybody else really necessarily comes close. And I'm, I'm really trying to rack my brain around this. There's, there's not, there's really not I mean, somebody that Kenny is top three, which I mean, is but, crazy because he's top three in ring, but he's top yeah. like belt collector, chops, asshole, and and maybe the young bucks. You know, with the heel young bucks are really good characters, um, but I lumped them in with Kenny. But Kenny is an amazing character right now too. But he has a lot of the same tendency or the same not tendencies, but a lot of the same things around him that Roman does. He has right. the advocate manager type dude. You know, he has a, a tag team or people to do his bidding in between so he doesn't have to wrestle. Kenny has the elite. They, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of similarities between the two and how they were positioned in these heel runs. So it's yeah, not a mistake yeah. that they're two of the best characters in the world. Two of the top three, and I can't even name who's number three right now. No, it, it, that's the thing. Like, Kenny Kenny doesn't cut a promo as good as Roman right now. Like, Roman is very good at pacing his promos. He's very good at sucking you into what he's about to say and be, being very deliberate in his actions. Kenny is not that. But when the bell rings, like, if anybody watched the Sammy Callahan-Kenny Omega match from this weekend at anniversary, motherfuckers was going. And it was brutal. Kenny can wrestle any kind of match. That's the other thing about Kenny Omega. You can give him a... You want a five-star match? You got it. You want a brutal match? You got it. You want a comedy match? He can do those too. But in terms of cutting a promo and being a character, Roman's got the edge. Roman's got the edge. And the thing, you mentioned like, you know, Don Callis and having the Bucks with him. 
And it works for Kenny because it helps give him an edge. With Roman, it's a little bit different. Roman already has the edge. Heyman doesn't have to do a lot to enhance mm. the character. The Usos don't have to do a lot. Like Roman being the head of the table is a very obvious trait that he has. And everything that he projects showcases that. So when he rests, the way he wrestles, the way he delivers his, his promos, the way he interacts, the way he looks at people is very deliberate and it feels like great character work. So I, I don't think anybody's touching him in terms of being a character wrestler. That's another story. Some people yeah. get those things conflated. I get it. Cause you say, well, wrestler character, same thing. No, there's motherfuckers nah. who can wrestle like Kevin Owens can wrestle. Oh, that we'll, get to, can go. we'll get to that. Um, man. I mean, MJF is a great character too, but yes. I, I mean, I guess I would put three, even though MJF is really great. Chris Jericho is really great still as a character. Three has to go to Bailey on my list. Now that I'm just thinking Ooh. about it, Bailey yeah. as a character has been on fire the past year. Yeah, you know Bailey was really good. Ding dong, hello, like all that shit was great. Her, she did a lot of great character work in the Bianca feud. Yeah, Bailey, but yeah, Bailey, Bailey was really good. And again, you guys, if you guys listen to this show for a long time, I wasn't necessarily sold on the Bailey heel turn. You know, yeah. getting rid of the, the Bailey buddies and the haircut. But then, like, she started looking all disheveled. And then, like, the, just the ding, like you said, the ding dong shit. And just some of her work in ring, like, when she would talk to commentary, she's become fantastic in that role. She, she was yeah, great on commentary. That's somebody else. That, as a <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she's just really, really embraced that role very well. So, yeah, I can definitely see that with Bailey. She's been great. Hands right. down. So the match itself, Roman Reigns versus Edge, you touched on it. Roman Reigns dominant early. Even though Edge clowned him a little bit, showed you Ed, Edge was there. He was like, yo, I'm the I'm the veteran. I you better respect me too. You know, Edge doing some chain wrestling in the start. It was it was glue good. It was a slow burn. But then Roman put him in a headlock for what seemed like 15 minutes. It was just popping <laughs> yeah, shit <laughs> to the camera and to the crowd. Uh, that was fun, though. It was cool. It was a slow burn, like we said. Then you see Edge get a little more offense. He's finally getting stuff rolling. Roman bounces back. We get a ref bump. Uh, the ref. A little ref bump. Not every now and It's not often you see a ref fake a torn ACL. So that's a new one. Like, usually it's like a head injury or he doesn't know what happened. No, you fake the torn ACL. I like, I like that. Yeah, you know, just a little spice to it. So the refs have the other refs come out to help that ref. Not one ref replaces anything. So you just have Edge and Roman in the ring by themselves. Roman thinks he's going to start taking control. He grabs the chair. Um, Paul Heyman, by the way, his facials, everything. And like facial mannerisms, everything leading up to that. When they found out that the ref was gone and him telling Roman, like, yo, we can really be, like, we can really be dastardly now. It's just with his eyes. And then Roman's like, you're right. And goes and gets the chair, breaks the thing off of the chair, comes back in the ring, tries to hit Edge um, with Edge's own submission. With the bottom of the chair, Edge switches around. He has Roman in it. Roman's fading. We get the Usos running, but not because Mysterio and Dominic, which Dominic hits a horrible spot. Like, the shit wasn't good. He almost <laughs> yeah, slipped. It no, it, it was kind of like the double knee Sasha does all the time. But he slipped, and then he just went ass first, and his legs was in the air. It was, it was bad. Uh, but nonetheless, they chased the Usos to the back. Roman has no help now. And then Seth Rollins comes out, K 
kicks, Edge. You think, damn, he cost Edge. Nope. Ed, well, Edge takes the um, – it looks like Edge is taking a spear. He reverses it. He spears Roman. They're like, oh, shit, Edge can do it. There's no ref around, by the way. <laughs> so he spears <laughs> Roman. There's still no replacement ref. This is – for anyone who hasn't watched for any reason, this is like five minutes after the ref bump we talked about before. Still no ref in the ring. No replacement. Spears Roman, and this is my favorite part of the match – is the crowd starts counting the three count because there's no rest <laughs> there yet. And the crowd yeah. goes one, two, and they're about to hit three to show that Edge would have won. And Roman kicks out before the three count by the crowd. Then the ref finally gets there. He starts his own three count and Roman kicks out again. That's how much Roman cares. He doesn't even want Edge to be able to say, I beat you if a ref was there. The crowd was counting, and Roman kicked out of the crowd's three count. Oh, my God. That's just – at that point, I was like, yo, this guy got it. Like, that's all I need to see. When you care that much, that's character development right there. So, kicks out of both of those. And then we see Seth Rollins come back. You thought Seth was gone. He comes back to finish the job. Edge gets distracted, kicks Seth Rollins in the face. Turns around, eats the spear, one, two, three. Roman Reigns retains the title. Seth Rollins comes in, keeps beating uh, Edge down for a second. Him and Roman have a stare down. I thought we were going to get the Shield fist bump. But before that could happen, Edge gets up, beats the hell out of Seth Rollins, chases him to the back. We'll stop there. Um, I, I thought the end was really well done after the ref bump. It wasn't too much shenanigans from the Usos. I I don't want the Mysterio angle to continue, but what the hell else? Did, like, are you going to give them the Street Profits right away? Because then I'd rather see that at SummerSlam. But if you want to continue this, sure, Dominic Mysterio ain't the thing. But cool, they came out to help Edge. And then that made sense. And then Seth Rollins, they teased it in a backstage promo right before the match, which was kind of a little too much. Like, I think we would have understood it if he just did it. But they felt like they had to explain it more that he had this beef with Edge already for taking, you know, for taking the title shot when Seth wanted it. So we thought we were getting Seth versus Edge. You said this on our last show. It's now solidified. And I think it was well done. Good ending. I'm not mad at the booking at all. Yeah, so... I think, I mean, you ran through the match. It, it Everything was right. Like, it was all done right. Long-ass match, totally fine with it. Uh, the Mysterio's jumping in to, to, to thwart the attempts of the Usos. Fine with that. Rollins thing, yes, they've been teasing Rollins and Edge for the last few weeks. So it was almost inevitable at some point that these two are going to clash. Um, all, it kind of gave away the finish, but obviously nobody thought Roman was going to lose this match. No. Uh, but... It was they set us up well to come out of this match, putting Edge into a program that we know is going to be really good with Seth Rollins. And uh, fuck it, we'll just get into it. And we put Roman in there at SummerSlam with the return of John Cena. And goddamn, did the roof blow off that place? Holy shit. We had like four monster pops during the night, right? Like, so you we had. Uh, huge pop for AJ Styles earlier in the night. 
which was crazy. Um, we had a big pop for Nakamura, where everyone sung his theme song, which was really, really dope. Um, Alexa Bliss got a mini pop during the open, which we'll talk about that a little later. And then you get to the John Cena pop, and it's just like all three of those combined. It yeah. was crazy. And we talked about Big E. Big E got a huge pop when he won. But even then, John Cena's on another level. That's one of the biggest pops I've seen shit since Daniel Bryan won at WrestleMania. Yeah, it was like AJ Styles' debut was huge. The Hardys coming back was a huge pop. This rivals the Hardys coming back. This, yeah, this was a... Yeah, I mean, obviously the Hardys coming back was at WrestleMania complete surprise, but these fans just wanted something to cheer for anyway. But then you you see this music hits and, you know, after Roman is like, you know, acknowledge me. Which and, was great yeah. spot. I was like, yeah, I thought we were going to end on that. Just me grab too. the mic. Acknowledge me. Me too. I thought there was a chance that uh that was going to be. I was like, oh, well, I guess that's a wrap. Nope. Totally wrong. Uh, Cena pops out and you know and we don't even get like true interaction like Cena comes to the ring Rome was like who's this bitch ass motherfucker stepping <laughs> in my ring and Cena just got kind of gives him the aloof like Cena look and I was like alright cool we're in this is what we're doing yeah. so uh, well well done I mean obviously Cena versus Roman at SummerSlam is going to be huge huge enough to the point where I'm like damn there's a part of me is like yo I don't wish anybody gets hurt but if Errol Spencer, Manny Pacquiao decided to like twist an ankle and they had to push the fight back a couple weeks, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't have any problem with this. Against Pacquiao happens to delay the fight. Like just, you know, yeah, something like that. Paradigm might come through in the clutch. You know, just, just move yeah. it back a month or two. Yeah, so, you know. But it, unfortunately, for whatever reason, WWE felt like it's a really fucking great idea to have SummerSlam for the first time on a Saturday for literally no reason when they could have Sunday all to themselves. But here we are. Uh, but we all know Roman is seen as going to be a banger off of nothing else but crowd energy. That crowd is going to be incredible for that match. And I probably won't get to see it. Well, I'm not going to get to see it. I'll be at Spence Pacquiao. So oh, that sucks. I Shit. will be at SummerSlam for the first two hours. The undercard is Pacquiao. No, no, I'm not going to see the match. Like I'll be no, next to not. you watching the match. Yeah. Um, but I am not watching the Spence Pacquiao undercard. I'm telling you that right now. Um, shout out to the job. Shout out to ESPN. I don't care if I got to clock out. Like, and then just be like, yo, I will clock in when I get to the arena. I, I will tell it. I'm not going to be there from. 3 p.m. No, for what? The undercard is not great. I will be there for the co-main and the main event. And I might be a little late to the co-main. I'm going to be honest. But I'll be there. I'll cover the fight, the main event, and everything afterwards. And we'll be cool. But I'm going to get two, two and a half hours worth of SummerSlam in my system. And then roll through to T-Mobile and I'll be straight. Mm-hmm. I, that's, I mean, that's how it's going to be. And I'll do all the fight week shit. Like they paying me for the right the right reasons, but no, nah, like no, nah, nah, I'm not missing it in this in our city. Nah, I'm at least catch the pre show, which isn't you know it is what it is. But at least we get some atmosphere. I can chill. I can walk around the um 
the stadium, see what it's about. And then I'll watch an hour or two, which if it's like tonight, that's four or five matches. And then I'll bounce, which will be I mean, tough. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll bounce. Hopefully we get a hot opener. Like, obviously, the opener will probably be Lashley versus Goldberg, if that's the thing, right? Because Goldberg's only going to give you five, seven minutes. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, so that'll th- open what we do show. know, we do know that there's no chance in hell that Roman versus Cena is not closing that show. No, it's there's closing. No chance. That- and it gives me enough time to get to the boxing match and open it on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> and catch the end of it. I have no shame. But that's what I'm going to do. Like, we'll be... That's... By the way, secret alert, we always watch wrestling during live events, whether it's UFC pay-per-views or boxing pay-per-views. If there's a WWE or AEW pay-per-view happening at the same time, there's like eight media members, all of us on press row with that shit open, watching it and talking about pro wrestling as fights are going on in front of us. That is correct. So we'll be doing the same. So yeah, it's cool. I'll, I'll miss something hopefully like a tag match like hopefully they save something like that um bianca would probably defend her title maybe i'll miss like a bianca match I'll, if it's charlotte i'll miss the charlotte match i don't even know who's like say becky comes back i'll miss charlotte becky cool whatever i mean that's that's fair i suppose yeah um i'll be there for the media i'll be in my seat press media row at the boxing event for the main event i'll be fine yeah. That being said, uh, the return of Cena is, is welcome. Uh, it's good to see him back. Obviously, he won't be here for a long time, but he's going to have a good time. So That's good to see John matters. Cena back in the mix. Yep. It's good to see him back in the mix. We miss uh, Cena, Good way man. to close the show. Yeah. And it's funny because Cena was the one guy that we've spent for years, you know, going back and forth with because he was he just was overexposed, man. He the dude was just truly an overexposed guy that we wanted to turn heel for years and it never happened. But now that he's been gone for a minute, we're all kind of like, all right, cool. I can it's good to see him back. And it's yeah. good to see him in the back against uh Roman Reigns. That'll be absolutely fun. And then he'll just go back and do some fast and furious kids movies, whatever the fuck he's doing. Yeah, um, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, oh, he's doing. He did Duke Nukem, which is going to come out soon. He did a lot of shit. Yeah, sure. So you can do all that. It's just good to have him back. Yeah. Again, great, a great boost for Roman Reigns. Like huge boost for Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't beat that. That's you know Rock Hogan level type shit. Like this cements you as the guy going forward, as Definitely. if he wasn't already. So I like that. Uh, moving on to the Money in the Bank ladder match. For the briefcase, we already talked about Big E winning, but the match itself, man, 17 minutes, 40 seconds, official clock time. This could have been 25, 30. I, I had a ball with this match. It felt longer because it was a sprint. So much was packed into it. Everyone had their spots, as you mentioned. The Big E won. Shout out to Big E. The MVP of this match is split to me between Ricochet and Kevin Owens. Oh, I thought it was Kevin. I thought hands down the MVP was Kevin Owens. Don't do Ricochet like that. This That's is nothing this to is, do. This, this is the only thing he's going to get all year. Don't take it from 
I'm taking it from him. Kevin Owens was the MVP of this match. Ricochet Kevin had a Owens. great showing, but Ricochet had a great showing, but also Rollins and Morrison had a phenomenal showing as like the tag team I never knew that I wanted. They that was were good. fantastic. That the opening of them pretty much dominating every aspect of the match was great. But Kevin Owens is the MVP because not only is he a fucking maniac, he bumps like a madman. He sold the leg like he was completely damaged. And then that run of stunners that he had was exceptional. There was like there was one spot in this match. I don't know if anybody saw it, but this just speaks to how good Kevin Owens is on the fly. So I believe Drew McIntyre is just throwing people out of the ring. Kevin Owens is sitting on the side by the barricade. Ricochet gets thrown his way. Kevin Owens looks at him and is like, while he's here, I might as well just slam his head into the barricade so I can get him out of my way. And the way he does it, if you watch the replay, it's like he looks at him and he's like, kid, you're in my way, smashes his head and then just rolls him out of the way. It's not something that was planned. It's just some shit Kevin Owens does. Like the look of disgust that he has before he walks out as he's watching Boogs and Nakamura and Riddle. (laughs) Like Kevin Owens is the MVP again. When we talk about a wrestler that really doesn't get his due, look, Biggie's my boy. Love him to death. Roman Reigns is great. I think he's phenomenal. You know, we talk about John Cena. We talk about Riddle. There are few, very few that can do what Kevin Owens does, not just as a wrestler, but as a talker. The man doesn't look like anybody else. He looked like a fat guy that can really, truly go. We don't. There are very few talents like him. It's. I don't want to say it's a shame that he hasn't had a run since – with the title since three years triple h yeah, yeah that's it that's how long has it been it's only been three years 2018 right. um he carried it from like SummerSlam 2018 oh okay to losing to goldberg there you go yes royal rumble so it was SummerSlam through Jan- january's august to january so it was a decent run um universal champion because finn tore his shoulder at SummerSlam, Kevin Owens won it the next night in like a, a six-man um, match. Triple H cost Rollins, and KO was the champion. So it was 20, yeah, 2018, 20-something. So you look at that, because he should have never lost to Goldberg. No, I mean, that was that was a crock of shit. They did yeah. that, what, to get Goldberg versus Lesnar? Lesnar? Yeah. Yep, and they, they moved uh, the best few, which was Jericho and Owens. Yeah. Moved off of that feud. But Kevin Owens is the MVP because he does crazy shit. He, he's a phenomenal wrestler, fantastic talker. This was just a banger, man. Kevin Owens is my MVP. Ricochet had a great show. Don't get me wrong. Ricochet also sells like a million bucks. The man oh, can sell his ass off. Just put him in a mask and get him. Get Dude, you want to know what you do with Ricochet? Here's, here's what you should do with Ricochet. Pair him with MVP. Yeah. Have Lashley like kick MVP to the curb and have MVP like take on Ricochet like as a bounce yeah. back. That's yeah. that's 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 it. You pair MVP with Ricochet, changes everything. At everything. least he's a high mid card guy, you know. Like at that yeah. point, um, no, at that point, if you pair those two, I don't know if he's like a top guy still, but he's at least a high mid card guy. But like you see the spots that him and. Morrison have had great matches on Raw. They're the only palatable thing on Raw the past three weeks is yeah. him and Morrison. And then comes into tonight, does the, the rope walk, jumping onto the ladder, which was crazy. And then they knock over the ladder, in which then he does the spot where he, you know, jumps from the ladder to the rope to the outside. 
Um, shout out to Ray Phoenix, who does that spot all the time, too, and it's incredible. But Ricochet does it perfectly, just photo. Just, that's a poster. It's like in basketball, when someone gets dunked on. That shit was a poster. It was perfect. And then going on throughout the night, he just has spot after spot, whether it's selling, whether it's doing something crazy on offense. The guy is just nuts what he can do in the ring. So, no, nah, he, he showed out. Uh, he tried to steal show early. But Kevin Owens taking the running powerbomb by Seth Rollins to the outside <laughs> onto the ladder. Maniac. I was like, oh, he killed Kevin Owens. I was like, that's it. He killed Kevin Owens. Like, how do you Look, take that bump? That shit's nuts. Let's take it a step further. If you go back to SmackDown, the crazy bump Kevin Owens took diving off the ladder onto oh, Owens on the table. Onto the table with the elbow drop. He's, he's crazy. He's a maniac. He's He's a maniac. I don't know if we'll ever truly give Owens the flowers that he deserves as a talent, but man, he's fucking good. I just he'd be I'm in the awe number every one time guy in any other any other company. Yeah, dude, he'd be the best pro wrestler. Dude, listen, pro wrestler, all around pro wrestler in every company in the world. If he you, left WWE, he would be better than Kenny Omega all around. If he was in AEW tomorrow. He'd be Look, the best I, person on their roster. I've watched Kevin Steen for years. Watched him everywhere he went. I have DVDs of Kev- Kevin Steen's fight Steen. Fight. I've got all those. Kill Steen, kill. Got all those DVDs. I have a ton of them. I've seen plenty of Kevin Steen's Kevin Owens matches. If you sent him right now to Impact, New Japan, AEW, and he works the top of the card with He's some the best of the guy talent, in the company. dude, him and Omega would have a stupid feud stupid but that's the thing where i say that kenny omega can wrestle any kind of match so can kevin owens and we've seen it his feud with el generico unbelievable i've seen him work pwg like the things that kevin owens can do he's the man's unstoppable so this ladder match all in all was great i got a kick out of uh the uh the mighty morphin bollywood boys who went from the boys to men i guess we can call them <laughs> completely take out drew mcintyre that made me giggle because it's such a stupid feud but it has so much history through uh due to 3mb so i'm all i'm here for it because mcintyre's time is kind of up at this point he doesn't need a title run he's had it and you can kind of tell the crowd was turning on him a little bit they booed him in some spots which sucks because he had a he had a great run it wasn't his fault but him and gender, I'm fine with that. They can do that. I've seen worse. I just thought the shit was funny. I was like, oh, you couldn't do this with the Bollywood boys, but you can do it with these two giants. That was kind of funny. But great match. It was my favorite match of the night. I know a lot of people like Edge and Roman, but I love this match because it was just stupid car crash that everybody just got obliterated. I, I was worried for a minute at the start of the match when he hit McIntyre with that spear. I tell him every time, I hate that you do that shit. Even though he says it's safe, it looks like he takes a nasty bump when he flies out of the ring. And it looked like his feet got caught. And I was like, don't get hurt. Jesus. No way that's it. Riddle, no, Riddle, that's it. Like, he said, dude, it's what he tells me. He says, that. he says it's one of the easiest spots to do because the, the landing is cushioned on the way out, no matter how hard he goes. And if you watch it on SmackDown, when he hits Rollins with that spear, I was like, there's no way that y'all both didn't get hurt because you were so hyped up by that fucking crowd that you almost drilled Rollins up the ramp with that damn spear. But he says it's a safe spot. It makes me gasp every single time he does it. But this, again, this was the A match for me. It was it was perfect. For a Money in the Bank ladder match, 
it was the right time. The right guy won. We got the right amount of offense. Riddle looked great too. Hitting everybody with RKOs. <laughs> like it was everybody got their shit in. Great. Oh, match. There's not one person that looked bad. Not one no. person that looked bad in that match. And yo, I I want to see Riddle. Listen, RK Bro is dope. And to me, they could take the tag team titles off of AJ and almost and, and have a good tag team title run. And that's probably where they should go SummerSlam. But if they want to pull the trigger on them breaking up and Orton coming back and being sour about not being in the match and being hurt and Riddle taking his spot, I'm here for that too. The breakup of whatever they break up is going to be great and the match is going to be great. If you can drag that to Mania, even better. Like have have Riddle costs Orton at the Rumble or have Orton eliminate Riddle when they're supposed to be best bros and tag team champions, yeah. and he throws Riddle over, and then you start the program. Like It's, it, it's right there. It's hand-picked. And I, those two have a great match. So I love that. Thought everyone looked really good in that one. And then going down the card, the match that surprised me most, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. 16 minutes only. Oh, yes. Felt longer. But even with that, yo, they put on a show. Rhea Ripley's best match ever, in my opinion. Ever. I have one. I have one problem with this match. One. One. The wrong person won. I told you it was. That's one. it. It's not the wrong person. I told you. Nope. The wrong person. The wrong person won. This was. Rhea's a here's boring why. champion, yo. Like nope. I'm just letting you. Here's she's why. A boring champion. Here's why. Here's why. This match. Going into this match. The crowd was ready to revolt. They didn't, just like I said, who the fuck is the face and who's the heel? Nobody knew. This crowd, was, they didn't want any parts of this match. They started chanting, we want Becky. Charlotte flips off the crowd, gives them a crotch chop. They were on the brink of having a full-blown revolt because the fans didn't care. The one spot that began to turn everything is when Rhea caught Charlotte, flipped her, and powered her into that suplex, the crowd was completely behind Rhea Ripley. From that point, the match hit a completely different gear. This was the match that could have made Rhea Ripley be the champion that we thought she could have been because she would have finally got her revenge on Charlotte Flair. Instead, she loses this match. Charlotte goes back to the top of the card, and where does Rhea go from here? This match could have made Rhea Ripley. This her title one. You're, I agree with you. It hasn't been great, but you need a match like this to truly go over. What does this do for Charlotte? Nothing at all. Fans still don't like her. That's good because she's a heel. They shouldn't like her. But I'm saying, but she's all, no matter what Charlotte does, she's fine. Rhea needs this. You called her up for a reason. She needed this match, just like Shayna kind of needed to beat Becky. And now you see what they're doing with Shayna. This is what Rhea needed. She had it. She had this is a match that somebody should have gotten the earpiece and called an audible because that fans were a hundred percent behind Rhea. The natural selection avalanche off the top row, but she kicks out of that. That mo- like I'm like, dude, she she needs to win this match. Now that she doesn't win it, there's nowhere for her to go. She's kind of stuck. You can't run it back. No, I like I said in the last show. She has, she's prime for a move to SmackDown and her and Bianca can just be like younger faces of that show. 
and be primed for a feud. Uh, another big pop tonight was Asuka. That's another option of turning heel to face Bianca, and that's that's a good feud in itself. But I think what we saw tonight and throughout the match was the crowd chose who was the heel and who was the face. Because going into it, it was, the lines were blurred. The face ended up being Rhea Ripley, but that was out of default just because they really disliked Charlotte. Charlotte did a great job of flipping everyone off when they said, we want Becky, and really being like, yo, I'm the heel. Let me remind you. And then let me wrestle from the heel's perspective and really have you guys bought in. They flipped the crowd instantly. It was amazing. And Charlotte was like, I'm the heel, winning when no one wants to see her rack up 18 title title reigns like she's about to. Winning again, they're like, oh, my God, Charlotte wins again. Makes her, making her even more heel-like. But Rhea is better as a heel as well. So you got to move her. Like, the shakeup is a month away. Whatever you do between now and then, even if she tries to chase Charlotte again, she'll just lose at SummerSlam. But whatever, I don't think that's the way to go. But whatever you do with her, if you just let her sit in catering and cool off for a second, that's all right. Draft her in September to SmackDown and get her going on that roster as a heel because she's better as a heel and she's better chasing. She's not a great champion because immediately when she gets the belt, they try to play her as a baby face and it whacks her out. Yeah, but that's, the, again, I don't necessarily blame her. I think they booked her wrong. I think three has been booked though, wrong. Because even in NXT, she won it as a heel and then boom, the next day, she's just a crying, oh my God, I'm so happy to be champion, smiling baby face. They have to commit. They could have committed here if they would have had her go over on Charlotte. Now you can commit to her as a baby face because she fought a great match like this was a great match in order to make a champion. You need to have a great match. More importantly, you have to go over on somebody as established as Charlotte. Bianca had to go over on Sasha. If Bianca would have beat like Nikki, nobody would have cared. The title wouldn't have felt as significant. Remember, Bianca was a heel for a while. People just loved her. You couldn't help but love Bianca. Mm-hmm. Rhea had an opportunity here. Nothing happens to Charlotte like with this title. Nothing. Nobody cares. Because who do you want to see beat Charlotte now? Let's just say you move Rhea to SmackDown. Who's, in, who's next in line? Their roster is really fucking thin. As great as the women's division is, who's in position to challenge Charlotte? Not based on talent, because we know like Naomi's excellent. We know they got talent. Shane has always been really good in terms of talent, but who do you look at and was like, well, that makes sense. We could put Charlotte up against this person. Who? Ah, uh, man, on Raw right now, I can't find anyone. I mean, they, Alexa does magic. <laughs> They've like, blown it, man. Yeah, like, they, Alexa does magic, and it, it's worse than The Fiend's magic. But at least with Alexa, they figured out like, yo, let's not put her in the title picture. Like they shouldn't have put the fiend in the title picture. So I'll stomach it. Right. Like if she does mid card magic for the women's division, I'm actually okay with that. Like just keep her out of the title picture. It's like same thing with the fiend. If you do mid card magic, high level card magic, but not in the title picture, I'm okay with that. Um, But she shouldn't be in the title picture. And then, I mean, Oscar's still there. Becky, Becky got to come back. That's that's just the end of it. Like Becky has to come back. She has to go to Raw. She vacated a belt, never lost, and that has to be the program. 
I, yeah, I just, I'm really, this, the, another thing I didn't like about this match is the champ comes out first. Come on. Oh, it, the, it was, it was in the cards. Charlotte it was, must pose, uh, baby. It's Charlotte. Like she's the queen. We, we I, all knew what was happening. You didn't want it to happen, but we knew what was happening. Yeah, I, so. I really dislike the match was great, but I really dislike Charlotte going over on Rhea with that kind of a match. Sir, horse women over everything. It's that's just that's just the that's the breaks when you have overall wrestlers, right? In the world, female wrestlers, you have four, let's say arguably of the top eight. But they're not even argue, like four of the top eight, without a doubt. You could possibly have the four best, but that's a reach. You have four of the top eight in this clique, and they've come through NXT. They've been as homegrown as you can get to homegrown, which Vince loves, and we know this. He's going to put them above everyone. We don't have a Stone Cold, a Rock, a Sean, a Brett on the men's side, per se, of this generation. They are that of the women's generation. They are those four people. And if you look, and if you want to take Brett out for like trips, because they had a man crush on trips. So if you put trips in there instead of Brett, because Brett got screwed. But if you look, Sean, Brett, Rock, Austin, for five years, it was just them at the top. Every now and then someone would bounce in and bounce out like Oscar does. Bounce in, bounce out. Alexa Bliss, bounce in, bounce out. But when it came down to it, it was those four are driving the machine. Those are the horsewomen. So, yeah, they're going to have the belts. Charlotte's going to have a million of them. Sasha's going to be in the title program. She puts people over. But still, Sasha's going to find her way back to the belt. Becky's going to find her way back to the belt as soon as she comes back. Bailey's going to come back from injury. She's going to be gone so long. People are going to love her when she comes back. She's going to find her way back to the belt. It's just how it is. They are that of this generation. We're just in the midst of it. If we had this podcast... If there were smarks, if there was Twitter and the internet, people probably would have hated that shit in the 90s. It's, it's not good, man. It's, it's, it's not good. some new blood. Put Booker over. No, those, those four guys. Always around the title scene at that time. And that's what the horsewomen are. We're just living through it. We have more avenues to, <laughs> to, to voice our displeasure. But it's nothing different. They are those guys. And we're living through it. They're, they're going to get their shine. We're going to look back 20 years from now and say they are the four best women in WWE history. If you say so. It is. Because, no, I'm not. I'm not. They're the four best in WWE history. I, I'm, I mean. You could round yeah. out. I mean, Asuka's amazing. Um, yes. Io's amazing. Yes. Bianca's amazing. Yes. Uh, other companies, obviously, we have amazing female wrestlers. If you want to go top eight as well, um, Britt Baker is making some noise for herself. She's she's going to put herself in a lot of conversations over the next four or five years of just amazing talents as a, as a female wrestler. We've had great ones in the past. These four are, are going to be Trips, Sean, Cena, Austin. Is is it? 
or excuse me, Rock Austin. Is Rock and Austin best wrestlers ever? Probably not. Character-wise, how the general population remembers them? Yeah, man. Those That's what these four women are. And they're going to have the belts and the hardware to show it. I disagree. Here's why. The Rock lost way more than he won. Let's just start there. Sasha loses all the time. She's no, no, the no, no, no. of this uh, but I'm saying, scenario. The Rock, the Rock lost way more than he won. Yeah. And there was truly nobody like The Rock in Austin. Those two, there's you can't compare anybody, male or female, to the synergy and the energy that those two delivered. Okay. Charlotte's not. But in the women's game, like if you in the cool, if you just split it straight down the middle, like if you're comparing men and women at the same time to the level Austin Rock, no, like no one's level Austin Rock. But if you say of women's wrestling, Charlotte is very comparable to what Austin was in his time. Absolutely not. Very, Absolutely not. They do not lose very nope. much. They have nope. title reigns, nope. and title reigns are always at the top. And then you go, nope. Sasha is very comparable to what you just explained with The Rock, where they don't win very nope. much, but they have belts. They carry the belts. They're very good characters. They're mm-hmm. better as heels. It works. Great on the No, mic. no, no. I can't. There's no, there's no universe I can compare Charlotte Flair to Austin. Not nowhere. You, you want to know why? Because wow. Austin was the most over-talent, period. Charlotte is here because of her legacy and her daddy's name. Let's be real. No, she's very Charlotte good. Is a good I, I, will, I will not agree to that. It, but no, is, is, is she as charismatic as she as connects with a crowd like Austin does? No. Is she good? Yes. Out of all women? Then, yeah. Really? Yeah, if I put all the women in the world and like in terms of okay, Austin Levels is fucking nuts. Becky Becky connects to the crowd now with this man character more in relation to Austin, right? Um, yeah. If I if I had to say that, I guess. But when is Charlotte ever of, connected with the crowd? In terms of being a heel and getting like true heat, she's she's the best woman in the world at it. At honest to God heat, she's the best woman in the world. And it's it's not close. But it's it's a different kind of heat. It's not like go home, Roman, it's not go away heat. No, but Roman gets heat because he works on giving you that heat. Charlotte forces herself into these pictures where she's not always welcome. Charlotte, 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 being a dick. Charlotte is more Triple H than Steve Austin. Okay, so you want to give Becky Steve Austin? No, I don't like comparing them to any of these people. But I'm I'm saying if you compare Charlotte, I'm saying if you compare Charlotte to anybody, it's Triple H. And you know how sick people were of Triple H constantly being in the title picture yeah very triple h was never a bad hand no he never was but there were times we were just like why are you always in the fucking title picture we don't want you here (laughs) that's charlotte Charlotte. flair sure and when and when you have an opportunity to put somebody over charlotte comes out like she's the champion ahead of the champion charlotte being rhea ripley charlotte being rhea ripley it's it's bad. Like it's it's bad to the it is point trips where it level. feels like, yes, it feels like Charlotte is very defensive of her position in the company, because there's no way talent has a say, right? It's not all Vince. There's yeah. there's certain talent that has more leverage than others. Correct. There's no way I could picture Charlotte if she was a very giving person. I'm not saying she's like super selfish. I don't know her, but I'm saying when they say, "Well, Charlotte, you're gonna come out last in a title match." Against somebody who kind of needs the rub. I'd be like, no, that doesn't work. Why are we doing this? 
Rhea should have came out last, treat her like a champion. They didn't treat Rhea like a champion in this match. Entering into this feud in a match where, let's take away how bad Rhea has been as champion, right? Rhea lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania for the NXT Women's title. And then they, they kind of fucked off Rhea's run. And then she comes back. She beats Oscar for the title. And then the first title defense, Charlotte Flair. They have that bullshit finish. And now you have a crowd back. If you want to put Rhea over, this is the time to do it. Yeah. Instead, they go back to Charlotte Flair. It's like Triple H not putting over Booker T. Not nearly as bad, obviously. But Quite similar. I get you. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that Charlotte's a bad wrestler, because I, I said it from the beginning. When they had Ronda and Becky, you needed a ring general. That was Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. But when you keep forcing her into this spot, or she forces herself, because I don't know how this is happening, I can't say it's necessarily beneficial to the roster, because now all you're doing is you're eating up the opportunities of making other talent better. Because now you have four women. One's been gone. Now the other one is hurt for nine months. So And now Shasha, we, even though she's not hurt, she hasn't been on TV. Now you have Charlotte, which leads, when I ask the question, Who's in position to challenge Charlotte Flair? It's because they have cannibalized the roster. You could put Naomi in this spot. You could put Asuka in this spot. You could call up Io Shirai, put her in this spot. But you can't because you're not putting anybody else over. Fortunately, Sasha has put Bianca over, and now Bianca has this run. But you need other talent. And Rhea should have won because now Rhea can be established. Charlotte can wrestle anybody. Charlotte could wrestle Alexa Bliss if you really wanted to. Charlotte could run a program with Shayna, and it'd probably be pretty good. But does it always have to have the title in it? No, not not at all. But, I mean, she's – I would say it, it's very tough also without a crowd. Rhea was stale to me as a champion. Now, should she you say have a lot of- should Charlotte put her over and then we see what she can do with the crowd? I would say that's fair. That's a fair point, right? Like, if Charlotte put her over, you see what she can do, then Charlotte can always win again. Like, if it doesn't work in the next month, two months, you got Charlotte win. Just extend the feud. See how they react. That's very possible. But to me, I thought she was stale. Charlotte, being a heel, can always be your champion. And then you figure it out after that. We saw this with Asuka to the point of Charlotte quote-unquote, buried her early. She won Royal Rumble and took the L as an undefeated wrestler for three years to Charlotte at Mania and then showed she had the gumption to bounce back and has been in the main event scene or a title picture ever since. Rhea has to now do the same. Should she have had to? Maybe not. But now she does. Or are you going to be Nia Jax or Shayna and just be off television until Natty beat you. It's dog. I, I, like I said, I thought this match was excellent. I just think the wrong person won. You got to establish other talent and they didn't do it. They had an opportunity. They didn't do it. I don't know if Rhea can recover from this, to be honest with you. I don't know. She, she will. She has the size. She has the look that Vince likes. Mm. It's just you. She's not going to be thrown into the tag team. She's not going to be forgotten. She needs to, they need to, she doesn't need to do shit. They need to figure out what works best for her. And to me, with that size type, the look, she has to be a badass and she has to be a heel and then turn baby and let the crowd turn her. 
she's just not going to show up as a baby face and be believable because she's a powerhouse. She's a badass. You need to give her that edge. And that's why they, they cut her fangs every time she becomes champion because she hasn't earned the edge as a heel. So it's not believable. Yeah. So they, they need to figure that out going forward. I don't think she's done. She's young. She has a great look. She's going to be around forever, but yeah, I, I just think they need to figure out the best way to put her in position to succeed. They haven't done it yet. Um, let's hit our final break. When we come back, we're going to run through the final four or five matches on the card that happened earlier in the night. These will go by way faster. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, Dre, it's the home stretch. We are back. We don't have to spend as much time on these matches, but we got to run through all of them before we get out of here. We have Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston. Seven minutes, 35 seconds, which I believe is three times the length of Kofi Kingston versus Brock Lesnar when Lesnar completely nerfed him to win the title and Kofi was out of the title picture. This time, it was a squash match. Kofi sold to the moon. But I think Lashley needed this, and Kofi provided exactly what I wanted for him or from him, which was make Lashley look like a badass and plant the final seeds for Big E to get redemption for the New Day because I want the New Day to be reunited on Raw. That that would be nice. Um, but this is how you handle a squash match, right? Remember when... Brock Lesnar nerfed John Cena. It was like this very long and brutal one-sided beatdown. I like those. This was very similar to that because, yeah, Kofi got to win. Yeah, Woods got to win. But Bobby Lashley looks like he can fuck you up. Period. The moment I looked at those two in the ring again, shout out to Johnny who designed the New Day's uh, gear with the Master of the Universe theme. Fucking excellent. But when I looked at them standing next to each other, I was like, yeah, I love Kofi, but he should get nerfed because Lashley's one of the most imposing beings that we've seen in pro wrestling in a long time. Like, he, he's always looked like a champion. And giving him the edge on Raw this past week, I was like, yeah, um, this could be competitive, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lashley fucked him up. This was one-way traffic. This is almost, this is the good way to establish Lashley as, like, the dominant force. And I loved it. I loved it. If they pivot to Big E and, and Lashley, I think that's a phenomenal program if they go to that at some point. If yep. they don't, fine. Whatever they do with Lashley, this is a match they need. I think they may have also been surprised at how over Kofi still is. Because he I was surprised. Like, Kofi, that man got a pop. He felt like he belongs in the main event picture. Yeah, that pop, I was like, God damn. <laughs> I was like, still? Kofi Mania still runs wild. And I'm cool with it. it. 
I think that was it was just very well done. But the fact that he had a match and didn't get nerfed with one move like Lesnar did him, I think he just establishes Lashley as a, a strong force. So I enjoyed this. This is a match I think in my match grades, which should be up in a couple minutes as a recording. That gave this a B because I was like, yeah, it wasn't like this um, a great back and forth match, but it was an entertaining beat now, and I enjoyed it. I would that give it good. higher than a B in terms of a squash match. I mean, you're a tough grader. But, I mean, for the match that it was, this this hit the mark on everything you needed it to be. Right? Like, it's, yeah, it's a minus, a, a match. Like, they shouldn't have been anything other than that. And sometimes doing the obvious thing is the right thing. And often, WWE doesn't do the obvious thing. They, they right. do some shenanigans, some dumb shit that's unnecessary. No clean finish. They could have Woods come out and plead with him. They, they could have had a lot of shit happen. They didn't. They did what was right. Cut, dry, simple. What had to be done. I give them an A for that. For getting out of their own way. And just being smart. Do, do what's easy sometimes. Don't make it convoluted. So, yeah, I really They have liked- a hard time with that. They, they really do. So maybe I give them a higher grade because usually they fuck up on that. Usually they get a D or an F in that, in that department. They get an A on this one. They did what should have been done. Nice and easy. And then uh, AJ Styles and almost not the giant almost, just regular almost, um, versus the Viking Raider, Raiders, Eric and Ivar. I didn't need 13 minutes of this, man. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> the longer this match goes, the more I just realized AJ Styles is the man and almost as green as hell. And all of this is to make one person look strong. Oh, my God. The Viking Raiders aren't aren't a bad tag team. No one cares about them. You haven't given them a storyline there. And even War Machine was better as heels. Like, they don't need baby faces. What the hell is They're Viking Raiders. They're War Machine at art. No, this they should be heels or at least have an edge and just be ambiguous. No, they're, they're white me baby faces against these guys. It made no sense. When AJ was in the ring versus either of them, it looked really good. When almost in the ring, he did two or three moves all night. Okay, he can slam people. You're seven foot, 350 pounds. You should be able to slam someone. He's He still has a very rudimentary understanding of pro wrestling. And I just don't know where this is going. It was a good experiment. It was uh, probably started off a ribs <laughs> to AJ, and they they did the best with it. And AJ's a Grand Slam champ, but I'm all right. I'm ready. I'm ready to see AJ back on his shit. Like I'm ready to see AJ as a solo guy. And almost you sink or swim. I mean, they put the somewhere on Twitter reminded me they put the belt on the Great Khali once. So I don't put anything past them. But it's I don't know where he is as a wrestler. He's he looks good as muscle. That might be all he ever is. And then the Viking Raiders, they they held the spot. That's that's all it was, man. Like RK Bro needs to take the belts. I fucking hated this match. Um like if if you give this a D plus, I'm I'm shocked. I mean a D minus, I'm shocked. Like it I, I gave it a look, I gave it a D minus. Here here's why. <laughs> it's not like it's not like the Viking Raiders didn't work hard. And it's not like AJ Styles wasn't AJ Styles. The problem was, is that this company has struggled to establish the Viking Raiders as something for anybody to care about. And I think it was made even worse as a viewer at home when they go, oh, yeah, remember this bullshit they did with the um, the Street Profits? Here you go. 
here's a reminder of how dumb we can be sometimes. And as I was watching that, I was like, yeah, there's no reason why I should even like this match. Like, I don't give a shit. So as the match is happening, the fans are chanting for AJ Styles, almost as green as fucking fresh cut grass. And the Viking Raiders are in like no man's land because the fans don't give a shit, but they're working hard. The problem was is that they worked hard and it was very slow and methodical and then almost sells like a drunk man. He just looks like somebody who's intoxicated whenever he gets hit with something. It's like, dude, he doesn't even know how to sell. It, it was bad booking. I don't blame the Viking Raiders. I don't blame Styles. I blame almost because he's not very good. But this was just a bad match. And they need to, yeah, it's time to uh, give up the ghost, man. Let AJ and almost lose these titles. There's nowhere for almost to go. He's not good. He's never going to be good. It looks good for WrestleMania. It looks good standing next to AJ, but it's over. Time's up. Let's move on. Let's put AJ back into a feud, a singles feud with somebody. I don't care who it is. He's AJ Styles. He's that fucking good. But the match, yeah, it sucked. And it sucked because you had a crowd that was ultra hot and they didn't care. This is a fuck up. We need a new US champion too, yo. Like... (laughs) I don't know what yeah, they're doing. Be. Like we, Sheamus, he ain't he ain't doing it right now. That belt right. needs to be recycled because I don't care about that belt. Who's the IC champ? Oh, Apollo. <sighs> Yo, that has run yes. its course as well. Like, fam, I don't care about either of those belts. Like, I don't, I don't even know who to blame about this because Apollo won the title and they've done nothing with him but team him up with the fucking Colonel Aziz. Like, this was so dumb. In, in a why on a roster with no baby faces, everybody's a heel. Um, so not gotta win that belt. Like, I need Apollo and Knock to go into the program on SummerSlam because Knock has booze, and booze should be able to keep General Aziz off of Knock's ass long enough to beat Apollo. That's the program this I need. And I like King Nakamura now. Booze adds like a funny thing. Um, I like broke Baron Corbin. I think that's funny. Him growing his hair out, that's commitment to the gimmick, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, But no, this is, again, I like Baron Corbin on the mid-card. Like, he's doing good shit. Apollo's really the one. They they dropped the ball with that character. So, yeah, it's time time to move the belt off him. And I feel bad because it had some promise, even with the shitty accent. And I don't want the man to go back to catering, but both belts are irrelevant on the mid card. Got to got to freshen both of those up. And then uh, let's see what do we have next as we go down the card? Oh, women's money in the bank ladder match. Oh, and we we don't even got to talk much about it. We're not going to spend as much time as we did on the men's one. Um, Natalia and Tamina were in this. Yippee! Uh, they had way too much interaction, by the way. Yo, their only job in this match was like, hey, somebody climb up the rat- ladder, get them down. That's the only thing they did this entire That's match. That's it. And take shitty Hurricanrana spots, Tamina. Oh, God. You can't so sell bad. a Hurricanrana? Hey, Ugh. hey. You remember what I said? Like, again, I'm going back to this. I was like, the WWE is going to find out very quickly that some of the people they position as baby phases, nobody gives a fuck about. The fans didn't give two shits about Tamina and Natalia. Are they match. baby faces? Yeah, and they're your champs. Oh, I didn't know they were babyface. I didn't know what they were. 
I mean, they, you know, they were baby faces when they won at WrestleMania. Remember, it was like the feel good moment. I shit it all over and people gave me crap about it because it was like, no, they, they got their opportunity. Nobody cares about them. And now you have Shotzi and Knox. I don't know why they can't call her Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart, but whatever. They've gone over them twice in back to back weeks. on Yeah, Smackdown. Had no momentum coming into it. Like, why are you why, why look like they could win? Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Zelina Vega didn't have enough spots. Um, Wait, and, and Zelina, what did she even do to get into this match? She lost. She just came back, sir. That's all she did. She came back. I'm saying she, she came back and then she lost to Liv Morgan. Yeah. Liv looked good. Liv carried Liv the shit good. every now and then. Um, Why, but, hey, here's my question. Here's my one question. I'm going to let you continue. Why wasn't Shane in this match? Because <laughs> Natalia Tamita in this match. Tamita's <laughs> um, terrible. Shayna. And Nia would have been better off in this match because Nia gives you the big shelf spots where you put everyone puts it to her table or something. Or maybe she takes a ladder bump and shocks everyone. And then Shayna, Shayna, she puts sleeper holds on people. So they would have been better off in this match. But alas, Natalia and Tamina are in this match. And then we have Alexa Bliss, who I thought was winning by magic, but obviously her magic's not quite strong enough yet to push five ladders off her. She got buried in ladders. Mind you, Seth Rollins, two years ago, buried the Fiend in 18 chairs, a few tables, and some more shit. Did everything besides set him on fire, which I guess is only weakness. And the Fiend was like, nah, I'm good. This ain't shit to me. It got out. But Alexa could not. So she has to go back to the firehouse or the Firefly Funhouse and, and learn some more magic. But Alexa gets buried. She didn't do much of anything. Um, she was kind of a disappointment. Her best thing was the intro and her standing on the turnbuckle, creepily looking at people. Um, she didn't do anything else besides that. Oscar was Oscar. Not enough spots. Naomi looked great in the spots they gave her, and then nothing. The crowd was super behind Naomi. And shout out to AJ, reverse rap pack, who was like, yo, if Naomi wins the money in the bank briefcase, and joins the bloodline, that would be so great. I was like, yo, that'd be so dope. Alas, we didn't get that. And then we have the winner, Nikki A.S.H., almost a superhero. Boy, oh boy. Um, this this match sucked. This was Nikki's idea to be a superhero. I'm not going to shit on it. But I've seen Hurricane Helms. I saw, what, Mighty Molly? I've seen all this. It's it's funny. It's a caricature. It doesn't work for the winner of Money in the Bank. You jinxed it. You were completely right on the last show. This shit was Otis winning all over again. And she's going to either have a failed cash-in attempt because you can't sell her beating Charlotte or any of the four horsewomen or Asuka or Bianca. Like, she's going to have a failed cash-in attempt or someone's going to take the belt off her. I wouldn't be half surprised if Alexa Bliss fucking mind controlled her with a little dance and took over her body and had her hand over the briefcase and Alexa becomes money in the bank. At this point, I don't, I don't see a way for her to cash in and be champion. Um, That's all I got to say. This was, first of all, this match sucked. Um, Liv Morgan and Naomi look great. Asuka, she's just always going to be good. 
Uh, but you're absolutely right about one thing. Hey, Alexa Bliss, you have superpowers. You can hypnotize people, but you can't get these goddamn ladders off of you. All right. But if there was the, my biggest gripe, even bigger than Nikki winning, because Nikki winning wasn't a good idea. I feel like it's very Otis like they're going to get stuck with this position because the Nikki that was insanity. I could have bought this Nikki can't buy it. Bigger issue, though, is how this match ended. You have six of the eight women brawling on three ladders. Yep. One is buried by ladders. One is buried by ladders that she could probably easily crawl out of, but it what is else? what it is. I mean, I've seen her teleport before, but that's neither here nor there. Hey, the doll should have held her. I don't know. But Nikki decides, hey, look, everybody's fighting. How can I make everybody look completely inept and stupid? I know. I just climb up a ladder while they're fighting and just grab the briefcase while they're staring at me. That's that was the biggest mishap of this match. I was sitting there going, how can you make these women look any dumber than this? I've never seen a finish like this. I've seen finishes where they're going up the ladder and somebody gets knocked off and there's one person left. and They grab the briefcase or two people grab the briefcase or some like some shit like that. Nikki climbed up the ladders last and just scooted right by six women fighting on three ladders and grabbed, unhooked the briefcase. It's not like she had to just snatch it. She had to unhook the briefcase and they just looked at her. The other problem with this match, the second worst problem with this match, there was a whole lot of spots where they were clearly trying to set shit up. Oh, and it just, just holding on to each other. Nikki doing the, the jump off of one ladder, which she almost caught her feet on the rope. It was almost death. But she managed to get into the ring because the ladder pushed halfway across uh, to the commentary table. And then she dove on everyone. But it took, what, 30 seconds? She gets up there. She waves. She looks at the crowd. She smiles. Everyone's still hugging each other in the ring to catch her. It was ridiculous. It took way too long. It's, it, dude, the spot where Liv Morgan and Natalia are fighting the tug of war of the ladders, and it goes on for like five minutes. And as they're fighting, like Naomi jumps off the ladder and like Oscar kicks the ladder. Like three things happen in this ladder. And I'm like, hey, motherfuckers, just let go of the ladder. At a certain <laughs> point, you just got to let it go. And they didn't let it go. I was like, yo, this match is so, this match was bad. This Boy, match was good. bad. It was bad. And then the winner is bad because I don't know what you do with them. People are like, yay, Nikki, get your shot. Yo, it feels like Tamina and Natty getting winning the titles at WrestleMania. It's cool for a second. And then you realize, like, oh, this angle is not really that good. And they're not believe she's not believable as a champion right now. Nikki Cross is to earn it. Dude. Like exactly. Even in the match, she didn't do anything to earn it. How hard is it? Every all six people are on the ladders, right? How hard is it when she's the only one? in the ring and capable is to push over all three of those ladders with six people on top. <laughs> they all fall because she's smart and say, I'm on the ground. I'm going to tip over two ladders to one side and the middle ladder, like over straight. They all fall. She grabs the middle ladder back, sets it up. They're all on the ground writhing or some fall out, some fall on the mat. She climbs up and she's there by herself and then grabs the briefcase. Like that makes sense. Not climbing on their heads, just tip them over. So bad. I I, and then she earned it, right? Then she did something sense. Just climbing over someone's head is that's not earning. No stupidity. Man. So yeah, that was ridiculous. And then in the final match we have, which was on the pre-show, 
Usos versus the Mysterios. I guess DUIs don't automatically mean a suspension anymore. Hey, Roman rules. So the, yes. whatever it takes to get Roman, to keep Roman over, Small SWAT Team 2.0, uh, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, the bloodline gets all the, they say the gold, but it's a lot of silver. Yeah. So they get all of the belts. Um, we saw this coming. I, I thought it was a cool little cheating spot where you get the roll up and then you get um, Jimmy like using his feet to push him deeper into the roll up. I thought that was clever. They win the belts. It wasn't clean. So maybe the Mysterios, it explains why they came out later and had a gripe and maybe it extends the feud, but there's no reason for the Usos not to win clean going forward. No, not at all. So, and the feud street profits need something to do. Put them into a program with the Usos. Like give it, give us something dope for SummerSlam. Like, I don't want to see them versus the Mysterios again. But alas, we might. And uh, yeah, that was the show, man. That It was a good night of wrestling. Overall card. I don't know. We we talked through it. Maybe I'll give it a B plus instead of an A minus. The beginning, <laughs> the biggest, like that it women's. Sucked. The beginning sucked. That's that it. women's ladder match was definitely poor. That wasn't, oh, it wasn't boy. great. So, yeah, yeah, I'll give it like a B plus. But the ending was so great that, man, it definitely, I like the ramp up, the constant ramp up. But, man, yeah, the beginning was was a little rough. And then you throw in, you throw in the, the technical difficulties by Peacock, <laughs> which I didn't have to endure. Um, but at one point during the men's, the entrances for the men's money in the bank. I felt like I was the only one watching the fucking entrances. Everyone else had a problem with Peacock and the shit crashed and people were going crazy. And, oh man. And it, it took the legit 12, 15 minutes of all the entrances to fix it. So you throw that in there. Maybe it's a B. I still give it a B plus. I didn't have to endure that. I saw everything, but yeah, WWE network. We miss you. Everyone misses you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's a billion billion reasons to not have the WWE network right now. So it is what it is. Cash flow is everything around me. We 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 know how that goes. So no, it's a great card. Um B plus for me. It was good. Let me not say great. It was a good card. B plus for me. You stick to your grade, I'm sure. Yes, it's still a B. All right. I'm sure you didn't. I'm That's surprised you didn't lower it. Like ending going in reverse <laughs> order is tough because it leaves you in like a really bad place. But uh, okay, B for you. I lowered mine to B plus. Um, Slammiversary was dope. We'll probably try to touch on it in our next show. But that X Division match was crazy. Oh, X Division match. Uh, Joss Alexander walking weapon. Chris Bay taking a Canadian destroyer <laughs> off of Alexander's shoulders. Like, Guys, a madman. The the spot with that. Hanging upside down on the X ankle lock, Chris Bay headlocking somebody. That shit was crazy. Everybody in the submission. Um, the rhyme and reason didn't make any sense why Alexander didn't just go out there and grab the belt. But the ankle lock was genius. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a very fun match. Kenny Omega in the main event was a good match. Kenny Omega bleeding um, when it doesn't happen every week. Like Cody actually makes it feel cool. And it's a Sammy Callahan match. There should be blood. Very true. So I thought that was a really good event. We'll uh, see where it goes this week. We'll touch on that more next week. But for now, we appreciate you guys for rocking with us. If you're drinking, raise your glass one more time to Big E.
Big E Langston. We're not. We're gonna bring back the last name. <laughs> Big E Langston being Mister Money in the Bank. It is long overdue. Raise your glasses to him. I will do the same. We take our last drink. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Pod at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. Always fun there. Great and amazing guest. Shout out to the network, Blue Wire. Shout out to all of the sponsors. You guys stay safe. Let's party it up in Vegas for SummerSlam weekend. It is going to be really fun. We appreciate you all. Until next time, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.